Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Hi, Jay. Hey, Q. I'm so happy we're doing a stop motion animation episode. Me too. Hi. Man. Oh, sorry. Hi. Five? Yeah. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't leave me hanging. All right, hey, Jay. Oh, hey, Q, welcome back. You know what I found out doing that intro? You know what? What, what did you learn? I know what I learned. Stop motion animation is hard. It is hard. You gotta stop every time... Before you do anything else, you got to stop and motion it. Right. So we, that was an experiment in stop motion audio that we just did. So all of our listeners can go back and, and speed up the beginning of that show and it'll sound totally normal. So, and here's the experiment guys, go back to the beginning of the episode, turn your podcast app up to 1.5 or two times the regular speed Uh and that whole intro will sound completely normal. It's the magic. It's movie magic. It's audio magic. <coughs> it's it's a stop motion podcast. I think we're really uh, we really have it cornered. The market uh, cornered on stop motion podcasting. You know what? I was gonna say. I was gonna say that. I think we're trendsetters. You know, Mark Marin may have kind of the long form interview style down, but nobody, nobody, Q is nobody. touching us on stop motion podding. That's so true. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's doing it. And maybe because it takes, you know, four hours for a 30-minute session. It is true. I mean, it is true. We're, you know, we're obviously amplifying this audio and speeding it up, you know, on our side. So, because we recorded it stop motion, all of this. Like, even what's happening right now. Right. But we sped it up. We did the, we left the first part normal so you you as the listener could have the fun of participating as well. And some of you may be interactive. You're thinking to yourself, how in the world is stop motion podcasting done? And I'll tell you, basically what it is, is you say a word and then Q has to run over and move me around so I can say the next word. And then I have to do the same for him. It's very laborious. It doesn't make a lot of sense since it's still our own voices doing it. Right. But you know what? It, it's it's bold and it's new. And, and dare I say, it's genius. I would I would venture and say it is genius, and I don't think many people would argue with you. People say that stop-motion animation is like magic come to life. You know, uh, people, when that movie Loving Vincent came out, 
Mm-hmm. People yeah. applauded the fact that it was actually made up of of hundreds of thousands of individual paintings. Yeah, yeah. And it was some people said unnecessary. Yeah, some people maybe maybe some people said uh, t- uh time waster even yeah maybe maybe but more people than those people said brilliant gorgeous amazing life-changing yeah a new religion even it, it they did they did say it was a new religion and so i would say that we're <laughs> We're pretty safe in our new experimentation in the form. We're pushing the boundaries of what audio can really be. Do you think that Q and J are going to go down as like the Rankin Bass of the stop motion podcasting world? Um, I if 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 they don't, if they don't, I would not be surprised. If did you refer to did you refer to both of us in the third person right there? I, I did. Well, <laughs> you did they, too. You said, "Do you think Q and J?" That's true, but for some reason, when I say does it, does it feel like Q and J sounds less weird than you, when you refer to the collective of us as <laughs> they? It I is, don't know. A, I don't know why it's so much weirder, but it's so much weirder to hear you say they. Well, for us, you than and me I to to us as together. Names. That's our preferred pronouns. That is, they. A, we're a they. We are a they. And if Them everyone, they. That, <coughs> that, those, those, that's the one that I like. I like people right. to just point at both of us and go, you know, those. We also don't mind being collectively recognized as Mary Lambert. No, that would actually be preferred. Right. Most of the time we prefer that people address us as Mary Lambert. As Mary, you know, and, and uh, Mrs. Mary Lambert, if Correct. you're being formal. Yeah, and we are. In what situation are we not being formal? And we request very much that it's always formal. So we've touted our pioneering in the audio medium of stop motion uh, audio podcast recording. Mm -hmm. But what we've gathered together to talk about today is the magical world of stop motion animation in the motion picture form. It is a it, it's a theme of movies. It's a type of movies. You know, Q. We've actually talked about this a little bit before when we did uh, Christmas movies. Yeah, uh, because a primary, a big handful. Let's put it that way. A big handful of those are claymation, clay, stop motion, animated. Yes. Um, but today we wanted to expand that out and basically talk all the studios. Like we're we're gonna yes. hit Rankin Bass a little bit, but we're definitely gonna talk Selleck. We're definitely gonna talk Leica. We're definitely going to talk Will Leica? Vinton. Leica. Leica? Is it Leica? Yep. Um, we got to talk Ardman a little bit. And then we there's do. some others that are scattered around in there. So, you know, we're, we're, we're stepping way outside the bounds of just ranking best. We are. Week. Now, can I address something that you said just right off the top? The if elephant in the room? If we're really going to get into it, there is a difference between claymation and stop motion animation. Ooh, let's start here. Claymation is actually... Uh, so, sometimes called plasticine animation, and it is a form, one of the many forms of stop motion animation. Oh, nice! I, I'm actually learning something right now too. I'm glad Cla- you came prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Claymation is actually, uh, it's when your main subjects are made of a malleable substance, such as plasticine clay. Okay. So your Will Vinton. Items yeah. back in the day, that was claymation. That was true claymation. So you're, and when you say Will Vinton, just for people who aren't familiar, we're talking like the California raisins, the dinosaurs, like yep. the things you would have seen in the 80s. Yep. 
We're talking, um, yes, absolutely. Will Vinton, actually founder of Leica. Yeah, technically, um, yeah. Uh, not not technically, definitely. 100% was the founder of Leica. Did he name it Leica, though? Um, I think it was renamed Leica. Okay, that's, I think that's it was, kind of what I meant. I think honestly. it was Will Vinton Studios or Will Vinton Animation. And then it was uh, purchased by... A billionaire for his son, and Will Vinton was fired. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> that you're you're sugarcoating it, Q. Yeah, but but so in it, all in all seriousness, that's where Leica started, which is a, why I said technically because he didn't name it that. It's a it is a fascinating, um, it is a fascinating story. I I suggest everybody go look it up. There are some articles all about it. Um, it and it tells you all about uh, Travis Knight, who is the director of such things as Kubo and the Two Strings. He yep. also recently directed uh, the Bumblebee live action Transformers movie. Oh wait, he did that. He did. That was his first live action. I didn't action know film. that was the Leica guy. It was Travis Knight. He is it, the f- head of Leica Studios. That, and I've heard not terrible things about. No, that. It, it's it's. And so here's here's where it gets muddy. The story is really bothersome, right? Well, I remember when but, you told it to me initially because I had also never I had never heard this story until you brought it sure. up to me. Q, I have to admit, like I was a fan of the Vinton stuff, but sure. I never heard this story, and it really made me not like Travis and his family. Totally. But here's the problem: like many artists. There are multiple sides, and at first the story sounds terrible, but you know what happens when this uh, Travis Knight fun fact originally started out as a early 90s uh, white rapper? Amazing. A la Snow or back Bubba, in the day. Bubba Sparks, if exactly. you will. Exactly. Oh, pre all that. I know. He was the trendsetter for Bubba he Sparks. He paved the road so Bubba Sparks' 4x4 four, four four could drive down it. And when he failed... Uh, miserably at that he he did what every normal person would he said hey why don't i instead do stop motion animation that's I, i've got a great idea my 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 white rapper persona is not catching on with the masses i am not going pure eight mile like i thought i was going to what would any there rational is, person in my there situation is spaghetti do? on my sweater already but already it's not it's mom's not, spaghetti it's not mom's spaghetti it's someone else's spaghetti. It's Fazoli's spaghetti, and we're and all sad about sad. it. that's just sad. So what does any logical person do? That's right. Convince your billionaire dad to buy you a movie studio. Exactly. And so that's kind of what happened. And But here's the thing. Travis Knight, guess what? Turns out, very talented. I was about to say, that's the shittiest part of all of this is Travis Knight, however, whatever you may think of him, turned around and it can direct and produce some really good movies he he has a visionary style he has led the company into a realm of success that no stop-motion animation studio or production company has ever experienced before outside of Ardman and honestly arguably they're more popular than Ardman stateside Oh, I would definitely. There's no question in my mind they're more popular stateside than um, than Ardman. I mean, now Ar- Ardman Studios, huge in the European market. They're they, very well known for Wallace and Gromit shorts they and Shaun are. the Sheep and all that great stuff. 
And um, and there are some of those that I think are pure gems. I mean, we're going to talk oh, about Sean the Sheep today. For sure. Because it's amazing. But, I mean, to your point, if I go back through the Leica catalog, yeah. it is hard to find a bad one. Oh, man. Let, let's just name some. Coraline. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate they had Coraline, which to this day is still one of the most magical examples of this medium that I can point to. Paranorman. Which is a favorite of mine just on a film standpoint. Box Trolls. Very good. Way better than it should have been. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Which was Travis's first directorial one. Yep, that's And correct. holy crap, did he do good. It was gorgeous. My only bone to pick with that movie is the casting of Matthew McConaughey as yeah. a samurai. I, that, and that may have been in the same... An odd vocal choice. It's an odd vocal choice. Uh, I think that also came out around the Dark Tower time, so they were casting him for all sorts of shit he should have been in. And I get it. I get it. He's Matthew McConaughey. They're banking on that star power. Maybe not the first choice for an Asian samurai. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Especially when he sounds like... Matthew McConaughey? Texas Matthew McConaughey. He's like, lay right, lay right, lay right. (laughs) And then finally, their most recent production... Which is out today, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is The Missing Link. The Missing Link. Another great cast, though. Man, they always get good casts. You've got Zach Galifianakis. Huge huge, Ackman. Huge Ackman. Zoe Um, Saldana. That's right. Zoe Saldana. I mean, I, I, you sent me and Amanda preview tickets to this. We went to get tickets. They were already sold out. But I, I really want to see this movie. I have not been let let down by a Leica production yet. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see how this one comes together. Because one thing to their credit is they have figured out a way to to make it almost believable that it's not stop motion, that it's and, computer animated. And that's kind of the thing. So that is where we get into stop motion animation versus claymation. So, uh, and we're bringing it right back around. So here's the big deal. Here's how the stop motion animation of Leica kind of works because Please, that's yes. where, that's where they did separate quite a bit from um, Will Vinton's Will Vinton's style is very claymation, very plasticine right. clay. Everything kind of has rough edges. It doesn't look very polished things. You can kind of see that somebody's hands have been all over it. Sure. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? But that's part of the allure of his art style. Is well, it looks like something tactile. Right. It looks like someone is 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 exactly like exactly that. Um, And that's where Leica has kind of separated themselves is Ardman is very much like Will Vinton. Ardman Mm -hmm. also has that very tactile kind of style. It looks like dough. Everything kind of looks like (laughs) dough. It does. You can almost imagine you can see where fingers people's fingerprints are. And Leica Studios specializes in these gorgeous, lavish, hybrid stop-motion stop animation productions. So theirs are, like, part CG and right. part stop-motion. Their characters are stop-motion. A lot of their backgrounds are stop-motion, but they create a lot of their camera work mm-hmm. and a lot of their um, uh, effects work through the, the magic of CG, and it, and it creates this gorgeous kind of clean and pristine look to their stop motion. Well, when you say that, like the first thing I think of is the end of Coraline when Mm -hmm. the world is sort of falling apart around her is Mm -hmm. you can tell that her and the cat are still uh, 
still like a tactile thing. There's someone, yes. something's moving around, but like the boxes that fall away in the backgrounds, it's almost like they're doing claymation on a green screen, which I think they are in, in some, some circumstances. Cir- yeah. In certain circumstances, absolutely. Um, but it creates this very, and there's no way that I can put it other than this very Leica esque. Yeah. Look, yeah. When you see a Leica movie, when I see a trailer for a Leica movie now, I immediately know that it's one of their studio's movies just solely based off of the look right. of the film. Right. Well, and the thing, t- to the credit of a lot of – and I, I wouldn't say studios that do this, but I would say there are a handful of names or creators or artists that surround this world that are recognizable. Sure. But, like, so – as you mentioned, and I agree, Leica has a very recognizable style. And I think the movies and the groups of people that put these together that do well can also say that. Because I would all I would agree, and I would say that Selick has a style. Like oh, I, yeah, for I sure. feel like you can look at a Selick stop motion film. So we're talking about Henry Selick. Hen- we're talking about Henry Selick, you know, of Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas fame. Of James of, and the Giant Peach. Of Coraline. Of Coraline. Of, he monkey b- of Monkey Bone. Of Monkey Bone. Now, he didn't do Corpse Bride, right? That was all Burton. He did. That was all Burton. Okay, that's what I thought. But Burton took a lot from his time with Selleck. Absolutely. You can, and you, you can, can tell it. Tell. Yeah. That's what I mean is there's a style. Like, you can tell that Selleck's hands or his soul had been brought over and into I, those And I will say... Um, and, you know, I don't know if this is a chicken, which came first, chicken or the egg scenario. Henry Selleck and Tim Burton have very similar visual palettes. It doesn't surprise me that they found each other and began working together. Their their look of their characters, they have these very spindly characters that have very, like, jagged edges and points. They have these very kind of gothic themes that are very prevalent in the stories that they tell. These kind of uh, horrific versions of everyday people. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, And so it very much their 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 styles were married. And actually, Henry Selleck left Leica. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I didn't know he, he was like a contract player for that. He he was one of their founding members. Oh. Of I did not know that. He was. Um, and they actually had an issue. I believe the movie was called Shadow People. Okay. Um, but Henry Selick was actually in production on another movie. And oh my God, how much. Or no, it was Shadow King, maybe. Shadow King. <gasps> how much I wish this movie would have come really? to fruition. Uh-huh. Yes, because it was described as like Coraline and Paranorman, but much darker. Really? Yes. And so that immediately has my attention. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, I want to see this. Some sort of like twisted nightmare kind of fairy tale. And actually, Leica moved away from the project because of how dark it was. What? And Henry Selick was unwilling to waver on the tone of the film. Really? And so they decided to part ways. What? Now, what happened to this movie? Like, are him and Burton going to do it? Nope. It got stuck in, like, permanent turnaround oh. and never never saw the light of day. Now, if we want to talk dark, then what we should do is Henry Selleck needs to team up with the Starburns people. 
And you know what? That's oh god. And see, there's just so much. Okay, so hold on. Before we get too far <laughs> away into stuff, we kind of touched on Will Venton as an early pioneer. We kind of touched on Leica Studios. We've touched lightly on Ardman, which we'll get back to. But we have to acknowledge one of the ultimate founders of stop motion animation in cinema, Ray Harryhausen. Oh, of course. Like you can't talk. You can't talk this type of uh, filming without talking like Jason and the Argonauts. Totally. And he. He created his own style known as Dynamation. Yep. And uh, and that's not like D-I-N-O, like dinosaurs. That's But D-Y. it could be because there were dinosaurs used a lot. Like his style in, um, oh, it's not the Lost World, but the hidden, is it the Hidden World? The Hidden that World. That uses the Harryhausen style? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, he's got Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts, Clash of the Titans. Now, Q, okay, I want to ask, before we get too deep into the, the classic stop motions, you mentioned Clash of the Titans right there. For sure. Um, I know for a fact, like, Jason the Argonauts and Clash of the Titans were some that you watched growing up just like for I did. sure. Wh- wh- how, wh- how was your soul after the remakes happened? Oh, crushed. It's just, just it felt bad, didn't it? Well, here's, here's the problem. Okay, so at the time... These movies were made because stop-motion animation allowed them, or dynamation, allowed them to put something on screen that they couldn't at the time with their limited visual effects capabilities. They couldn't put in a physical, like, real world on set. They couldn't build animatronics that sophisticated. And it created, but here's the glory of stop-motion animation. It's still a real tactile three-dimensional object right Whether, even though it's you know one sixteenth the size of whatever the actual creature or being is supposed to be it's still lit like a real object it still feels like and moves like a real object yeah and so when you marry that on screen with an actual real on set film mm-hmm. it creates something that as of to this day, I still have not seen matched with CGI. Well, that's the thing. The closest you can get, I feel like, is if you do inanimate objects in that style. Yep. And we talked about this with the Lego movie. Yep. The Lego movie is so well done that it looks like stop, stop motion. motion animation. And, and that's a huge compliment. I mean that as a compliment. Because I remember when, we, when me and Amanda saw the first Lego movie. We had about a five or ten minute discussion afterwards where she was convinced it was stop motion. And I was like, I understand why you think that, but it can't be. It just can't be. And that's the gorgeous side of yeah. computer animation. And I and I truly feel legitimately it was maybe one of the best uses of computer animation because they did some things that I honestly don't think would be possible in stop motion animation. No, no that's the thing. But it was so close because they used the real like Lego pieces and the real sure. physics of it. And they and, but they still had like the look of the plastic. Yeah. Still had the the little divots and ridges of scratches from over time. Like and barcodes you could or the the trademarks you could yes, see. Yes, they were so highly detailed, and I couldn't. I totally agree. I think that's a gorgeous example of computer animation yeah. looking like stop motion animation because that's the best yeah. look. Well, and then taking that further, so keeping with CG animation and going back to the point you were making, the thing that stop motion does that I think CG hasn't quite figured out is stop motion somehow by default scales the uncanny valley. 
It does. Because, as you mentioned, or as we've talked about, you can. it feels like, or when you watch it, you can touch it. It, yes. it really feels like when you're watching a Harryhausen movie, a Rankin-Bass movie, uh, Ardman is great. Ardman, you almost feel like you can taste it. Like, you can feel the texture sure. of what they've got. Uh, and that is so impressive to me, and that's one of the magic, the magical elements of it, is because even though everything's so fantastical, things are happening that you know are outside the realm of reality, it feels more real than a cartoon, and yet it feels just as touchable as like a, a diehard or something. Abs, I, I totally 100% agree. And so that, I think, is honestly what demolished me the most about, getting back to your original question, about the remakes and updates of Clash of the Titans was there was no soul right. in these monsters that they're, that they're yeah. fighting. There's and it no, had nothing to do with, like, oh, well, the owl wasn't in it. I, I don't can, care. I can That's understand fine. remake choices. I sure. can understand all of that. What you were missing was the soul of this movie. Right. And it can't you can't make that up by just hiring someone who was just an avatar. For sure. And that's kind of the that's kind of the 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 thing. Even playing on original movies, I mean, um movies that you and I grew up on in childhood speaking of just really uh formative stop motion animation versus CGI. You ready for this? Yeah. There's a movie series that has had both. Okay. Star Wars. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, George Lucas decided to update a lot of his originally stop-motion animated characters when he decided to redux the original trilogy, and he replaced them with CGI. And I still may I say very shitty CGI. Yeah. Yeah, I would prefer. The non-digital Rancor, any day. Yeah. Any fucking day. And that, and I'm fine with that. I would yeah. prefer the Wampas yeah. that are fully stop motion at a distance and right. then full-on puppets up close. I, I don't, yeah, I, I agree. And the thing is, I don't need to see Jabba shucking and jiving like he can nope. he has the agility of a speedrunner. i nope. don't need that i'm fine if he just sits still and he's just a big pillowcase full of whatever i'm but, fine with all of that but here but here's the thing so that cgi was redone in 97 right mm-hmm. that's post uh the abyss that's right. post t2 so we had a level of cgi that we that could be gorgeous on yeah. film but then you had you know, original 70s stop motion animation or early 80s stop motion animation in the Star Wars films mm-hmm. that still blew away 1997 <laughs> level CGI. And that's and that's not me being a, oh, I prefer uh, real effects versus CGI. That I mean, is we, just that is that is unequivocally. Imp- if I were to show you a side by side image of the stop motion animated scenes versus the CGI scenes. An idiot it's would be Im- able to go, well, that looks better it's than that. It's empirically better. It it's is. just a truth. And the thing about it is, actually, have you heard, speaking of it being a truth, it's not a matter of just me and you agreeing and thinking about this. This is a very common opinion. They're, most Star Wars fans agree that those reduxes aren't what they should be. And have you heard that 
Disney, since now they own like all the Star Wars, everything may re-release may them. re-release them without those. Oh God, I hope they do. I really, really do. I would love to own on Blu-ray the yeah. original trilogy un unreduxed, unjudge, unGeorge Lucas. So would I, because we have digital versions of all of them. I mean, sure. you know, I'm a big fan. But the thing is, I've kept my VHS copies. Yeah. From the 90s, because yep. that all happened before the Reduxes. And that's so the you only have place. You have the VHS's pre 97 re release yes. VHS? Yes. Oh, gorgeous. Love so that. I, that's the only way I can see them without all the nonsense. Yeah, it's true. Because up until that point, you that's it. Yeah. So that is, once again, just, just really showing the importance of, you know, this as an art form right um it's not an antiquated technology i mean in some in some senses it is an antiquated technology and they can do things similarly with current cgi effects a la lego movie that they could do with stop motion animation but it is an art form that still absolutely i feel owns a place in the cinema landscape. It's not outdated like Betamax. Right. Like, it's just no good anymore. Right. Well, and I agree. And it's another thing where um, I think stop motion has the ability to to stand on both sides of the fence, if you will. Like, there are animated movies, and I know we have even cg movies nowadays, like Sausage Party, that are for adults, quote-unquote for adults. Sure. And then you'll have animated films, you know, like you'll have your heavy metals and your animes that are basically for adults as well. But one of the things that I think stop motion does extremely well, and this is to talk about another person who has a distinctive style, is you can totally make these movies for adults. And Wes Anderson, I think, is a good example of that. You sure. know, you've got the Fantastic Mr. Fox. You've got the newest one, Isle of Dogs. Yep. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, you can make the argument, is a children's book. I acknowledge that argument. But I think the the themes that Anderson puts in those movies are well beyond just, hey, this is a kid's movie. Oh, for sure. Easily. And so I would say that he's very recognizable. But even more than that, you have movies that are made in the style that are truly flat-out heartbreaking. For sure. And I'm thinking of things like Anomalisa. Uh, yep. That I've talked about before, and then as a Charlie like, Kaufman animation, it is. Uh, and I then, had some former coworkers that worked on that film, and I was so jealous that you got to spend time with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you seen Anomalisa yet? By the I've, way, I have absolutely. It's just incredible. It is. Um, and then Mary and Max. Did you ever get around to seeing I Mary did. and Max? Yep. Both of those movies hit as hard as almost any drama that you sure. could watch. In oh my man. Opinion. There even let's go beyond that. Have you seen My Life as a Zucchini yet? Oh no, I haven't. But that was high on my list. I remember when that got nominated for a whole bunch of Oscars, the, and I wanted it, so badly. It's to amazing. See it. And well, tell me about it. Let's what, throw out The Little Prince. The Little Prince, the Netflix one. That is has it, like three or four different types of styles. In it. Absolutely, it's it's gorgeous. But they do some amazing. Uh amazing stop motion animation Man, i need to get i need to watch that one that's th- those are two of the ones that i haven't seen sure um, but uh my life is a zucchini i mean it deals with a child dealing with an alcoholic mother oh man like it, it and dealing with uh him i don't want i don't i don't know how much i want to spoil this yeah i, I wouldn't um, don't spoil anything you don't okay feel comfortable well this spoiling. is the beginning he ends up killing his mother good lord 
He accidentally pushes her downstairs when she's in an alcoholic rage. Oh, man. And then, like, the movie goes from there? And it kind of goes from there. And it's claymation? And how he... stop motion? Yes. How he goes to an orphanage and basically how he deals with life from there. My goodness. But that's kind of... That's what I'm saying. Like, it is not a children's film. (laughs) No. No, that doesn't sound like it at all. Well, that's the thing is when we watch Mary and Max... It was one of those where at the beginning I was like, oh, this is really like good and, and uplifting. And then it gets like way deep into depression and suicide and loneliness. And so about 30 minutes in the, into Mary and Max, it, you're kind of sitting there thinking, what did I just get myself into? Exactly. And that's kind of the crazy thing um, is that it's not just relegated to this kid's. Right. Oh, that's that's like a cartoon. You know, yeah, what I mean? exactly. Exactly. Um, this is this is a cartoon, I guess, in the same way that uh, a Watership Down is a cartoon, right? Yes, or like the Hobbit from the right. Series. It's like, or yes, it's very same much studio, like studio. Yeah, it's very much like yeah, but it also can tell very thematically adult stories. Do you, Q? Do you remember the very first? stop motion thing you saw or noticed i guess i should say maybe not oh, saw but for sure i can tell you right off the bat without what? even guessing do it let's tell me because i am trying to remember as a child uh-huh probably three years old Wee's playhouse uh, had okay. segments that two segments that i remembered one was about a little girl named penny who had pennies for eyes and she was stop motion animation and it was a segment. And then the second one would was he had vegetables and frozen items that lived in his refrigerator and freezer that would come <laughs> to life when he would open. And they were all stop motion animation. Oh, nice. And so as a kid, that was my first experience with or my first exposure with stop motion animation. Right. And I was fucking captivated. And let me say once again. I don't care what your opinion is. Pee Wee's Playhouse <laughs> is a fucking fantastic show. And I have rewatched it over and over again. It's got so many layers, stuff for adults, stuff for kids. It is such a well thought out and smart show. You're, you're being very aggressive and I agree with you. <laughs> I know I can't not because <laughs> recently I recently I had a conversation and this is probably stemming from that with a friend who did not have that opinion. And they're like, Oh man, Pee Wee's playhouse. That's such a like weird show. Like it's kind of like they had this real, like distaste, like disdain for it as if Michael Jackson starred in it or something. (laughs) Was he maybe accidentally thinking of the weird Al show? Maybe I love that show too. So, I, but it's not as good not, as Pee Wee Playhouse. It is definitely not. It is. It is Weird Al trying to do. It, it, is, it is. Yes. Pee-wee it is Pee Wee Playhouse light. It is adjacent to Pee Wee's um, Playhouse. But that was my first exposure. What was yours? Mine was, uh, and your. I think you'll like this. But mine were. Mine was the California Raisins. Mm-hmm. I those commerc- those commercials. Uh, sure. I remember them being around. They had like they would always come out with stuff around the holidays. Yep. But what I remember most. And I want to say it was McDonald's, but one year McDonald's put out a line of Happy Meal toys that were all of the um, California California raisins. raisins, And I was desperate to get all of them. And Uh, of course, and I got all of them. Fuck you, Pokemon. I got to collect all the California raisins, the Vinton raisins. 
And I, I did get all of them, and I was so happy that they became a staple of my toy box until, like, I moved and went to college. Oh, I love it. That's they so awesome. They were just awesome. in my toy box forever, and I would always go back to them, and they just were always a staple of playtime and my life. And so those commercials, uh, especially the California Raisin stuff, uh, holds a very special place for me. Now, there, when it comes to, like, movies and stuff, I really think it was, you know, Star Wars, obviously, but my first one that I noticed and got obsessed with was James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, I do have a question. Do you know who Art Clokey is? Does that name ring a bell to you? No. Art Clokey is a pioneer. A pioneer? In the popularization of stop-motion animation. Really? This what a, dude what created do? Gumby. No. Yeah. I loved Gumby. So th- and that's another thing that a lot of people don't think about is like <laughs> there were some real pioneers in this field pre Leica Studios, which is, you know, we're talking about because they have a movie coming out today. Um, but Art Clokey really pushed stop motion animation into like the public zeitgeist. You know what I mean? The public yeah. pop culture uh, awareness with a name like Art Clokey, you'd better be doing something like that. For though. sure, Art Clokey invented Pokey. <laughs> <laughs> did he name him after himself because it rhymed? He I did. Hope so. Of course, he did. I hope so, man. Now, I remember was were the were the brothers there with the Blockhead brothers. The blockheads, man. Those Blockheads always getting into trouble. They're always getting into trouble. They're, Gumby's going into a book trying to save the day. He's getting lost, and those Blockheads are always effing things up for him. Do you know what? Clokey's second most famous production outside of Gumby was? Um, was it uh, was it uh, Titan AE? Nope. You ready for this? Yeah, please. Davy and Goliath. Oh, the the Adult Swim. No. Oh no, the real one. That was Moral Oral. That was Moral Oral. That was the Starburn Studio spoofing. making fun of <laughs> Davy yes, and Goliath. Davy and Goliath. Davy and Goliath about a little boy whose dog, Goliath, would talk to him and basically and teach him, him moral lessons. Adv- yeah, give him and, spiritual advice. Yeah, and it was funded by the Lutheran Church. That doesn't surprise me. I will say, we haven't talked a lot about Starburn Studios, but sure. Moral Oral, uh, I in college, and I think everybody was around our age, but in college, I could not get enough of that. Now, here's the thing. So, Starburns, I think prior to... It being absorbed, they may be separate. I can't remember. But Starburns a lot of times gets credit for Stupid Buddy Studios stuff too. Stupid oh, Buddy, really? Stupid Buddy being Robot Chicken, right? That well, it's Stupid Buddy or Stupid Monkey. Stupid Buddy. Okay, there is a Stupid Monkey. Is there? Was spelled with two O's. That's Stupid Buddy. Okay. I thought it was monkey. Nope, I'm looking I at am, it right now. Stupid Buddy crazy. Studios. And they even spell studios with two O's. <laughs> so Stupid Buddy Studios. Um, but they are a production company. They specialize in stop motion and CG stuff. But that is Seth uh, Seth Green. Right. Has a huge hand in Stupid Buddy Studios. So... Do you think Seth Green modeled Stupid Buddy after whatever studio put together that Kapow show? Or Kablam? Kablam? Kablam. Because Kablam was stop motion for part of it, wasn't it? Um, Or was it just made to look like stop motion? Okay, so, man, you got me. You're, like, bringing out all my knowledge here. These are things that I'm, like, armed on. This is fun. 
I, I really like hearing you just douse me with knowledge, man. So Kablam is a little different because Kablam is basically a a delivery device for uh-huh. several different cartoons that okay. were produced by different studios. Oh, but they were all primarily stop motion, weren't they? Uh, they had one very stop motion, which was, and it's not even stop motion, honestly. Action League Now wasn't right. stop motion. Oh, it wasn't. They just kind of. Um, no, they. It was like puppetry of action oh. figures. But then um, Prometheus and Adam Prometheus or, and Bob. Prometheus and Bob. That's it. Was stop motion, one hundred percent. And then there were sections of Life with Loopy. Okay. That were also stop motion animated. Nice. I dug. That See, I know all that. this shit, man. Yeah, you do. That's I why know, I wanted to. Do I know this with too you. much about this shit. No, that's why I wanted to do this with you because eventually, here in a few minutes, we're gonna have to get to a list. And yes. I like too many of these to narrow it down, and I needed you. Q, I needed you to help. Most people do. I know. Most and people that's do. Why, that's, that's why, why like people tune this. in to listen to our show. Well, that's the thing is they need their definitive opinions, and if they're going to get a definitive movie list, they can't get it anywhere else than High Five Cole in the podcast. Now, before we, before we go to listing, there's still two more really prominent stop-motion animation groups that we need to talk about. Let's do Otherwise, it. we're not doing a proper an- stop-motion animation. I'm not rushing this nowhere, man. One is, and we've mentioned it before many times, Ardman Studios. Yeah, Ardman. So we've got to talk about Ardman. So Ardman kind of, once again, pioneered this style that I say is akin to if you made all of your characters out of Play-Doh. That's, it looks like Play-Doh. It, it does. does. Everything kind of has this rounded, bubbly edge I to it. I kind of want to bite all of them. <laughs> you do, just like, just like you do. Just with Play-Doh. With Play-Doh. Um, but it's known for uh, popular films that were here stateside were Chicken Run. Yeah. That uh, one was, I think, the maybe, I don't want to say their biggest, but maybe their biggest one. Yeah, here. I think that was their biggest here. hit. Yeah. Um, but they also did, uh, what was that, Pirates movie? I love Pirates. Can we stop and talk about that one sure. for just a second? Absolutely. Have You've seen it, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. It is very funny. I think that what they did with the Pirates movie was so much more clever than what I was expecting for that movie. Sure. The fact that it didn't turn into a Pirates movie but was more of a science heist movie with Pirates. Sure. Um, and then integrating you know, Charles Darwin and all of that in there. I thought that was... Very, very clever. And then just the the cast of characters that they came up with. I think that's usually, in my opinion, where Ardman Studios does the best work is when they create ensembles. I, because Chicken Run was an ensemble. Wallace and Gromit, while there are the two main guys, it's always a cast of characters. Sure. Now, that was we can't gloss over the fact that that was a successful uh, short series. Right. I mean, like Curse of the Were-Rabbit or yes. something like that. Yes, which movie. is a fantastic movie. It is, but it has the cast of characters. There's the girlfriend, the rich girlfriend, her, like, negative dude boyfriend. Yep. Um, it's just a great group. Uh, not, it's not great ensemble. Shaun the Sheep is the same way. Yep. But uh, what I'll say is that... Um, Shaun the Sheep, an almost totally silent movie. My favorite aspect of that film is how funny it is. Like all, it's it's an homage to like Buster Keaton stuff for sure. It's all this slapstick comedy with hardly any dialogue in the movie. Whatsoever. And I love it. And the dialogue that's there is mainly just reactive for people, sure. People going what what how did or whatever exactly. But pirates, the ensemble they created for pirates, which is 
One is a fish just with a pirate hat on. <laughs> uh, there's all the violent pirates that aren't violent that should be. Sure. Um, there's the albino pirate that's kind of in love with you, Hugh, Hugh Grant. Yep. There's the girl that's obviously a girl pretending to be a boy. And then there's the dodo bird that he carries, that Hugh Grant carries around. Uh, it's just, that one is very good. I, I think they tried to recreate that, that, uh, that magic with early man. Oh, and God. I did that was not, not good. It was, that's by far their worst. I don't know. Can I also throw in the hat for worst as flushed away? I, I could agree with that, but I wasn't counting it cause it's not claymation. I know it's and CG. I did want to talk about that. It's CG Why? done in the style of their claymation or and their stop motion animation. The thing is, is it's, almost good like i like huge ackman in it i think that he's funny sure and the story is you know kind of prince and popper type story it should have worked but i think because they tried to do it cg i just think they lost some of the heart to it sure now so we re highly recommend though go check out ardman as well oh man if you're gonna check out ardman do i'd say start with either sean the sheep or curse of the were rabbit and then do have pirates uh, and chicken run as a close second. And then uh, we another one that we've got to talk about. We've got to got to talk about. And you once again mentioned them at the top of the show was uh, Rankin Bass. Yeah, I mean it, you can't do an episode about stop motion claymation any sort of this animation without. Mentioning they them. had maybe the most pop culturally successful television yeah. stop, examples of stop motion animation. Ever. Yes. I mean, because they, they were, they cornered the market on holiday specials. holiday specials. Hell yeah. And I, and I say holiday purposely because it wasn't all Christmas. They've got Nestor, the long-eared donkey. They've got right. a, a, uh, a leprechaun one. Yep. The mon the Halloween one is mad is, monster party. The mad monster party is great. Emma actually got obsessed with that movie last year. Really? And so we watched it about, 10 or 12 times last Love October. Love it. It's better than I expected. The songs aren't nearly as good as some of the Christmas sure, ones. Sure, But still, the story's really cool. Well, that was their bread and butter. The Christmas yeah. specials with Rudolph, uh, with uh, Rudolph and Frosty's New Year. Santa Claus is coming to town. Absolutely. You've got Frosty the Snowman. Year without Santa. Absolutely. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Frosty was animated, not... Well, they had Frosty and... Rudolph's Christmas in July, right? Which and that was one was stop motion, right? But the the straight up, well, still put out by Rankin Bass, but yes, not yeah. stop stop motion. But okay, okay. So I was I'm not crazy about that because mm. I was pretty sure uh, the Frosty one was just straight. Nope, animation. it was once again Rankin Bass producing something in a different animation style to look like their animation style, right. <laughs> which is so. Weird. I don't know why they do that. That's so odd. I I, I don't. But I would. Okay, so if we're gonna say Ardman. Let's at least agree on their worst movie. Are we saying Flushed Away or are we saying uh, Early Man? I don't know. Early Man was real bad. Early Man was way – like, Early Man was one of those movies where I kind of wanted to look at him and be like, I don't think people care about soccer as much as you think they do. No. I, okay, let's go Early Man. That was That's my least favorite by far. It is because I'll still watch Flushed Away. <laughs> For sure. Um, Early Man's not one that I, I like to go back to. And then I know <laughs> that we're getting ready to list, but once again, because – my Lord and Savior, Will Venton, 
I love this man. I don't know why. I connected to his work early on. I love his animation style. I want to talk a little bit more about him because I feel like he kind of gets pushed aside uh-huh. in some of these conversations about stop motion animation. You've got your Ardman. You've got your um, your Art Cloakey. You've right. got your Ray Harryhausen's. You've got your Leica Studios. But a lot of people don't know Will Vinton's work. And Will Vinton was an absolute artist and pioneer in this medium and his style influences can still be felt today um he's also one of the nicest people ever i actually had a very short correspondence with him about uh 10 years ago eight or nine years ago um because i was in the middle of trying to collect a bunch of uh like childhood memory favorite right. films and stuff. And a lot of his stuff at the time it is now, and I own it all, but at the time was not available on home video release. So none of the California raisin stuff. And so I'd sent them, sent him this email, um, just randomly as I do, you know, me, I have no fear in reaching right, out to right people. Now. And I sent him this long email explaining that I had two daughters and I was looking to start this collection. And he, actually wrote me back and offered his personal DVD proof copy from the studio for the California reasons. And I remember said that you telling me the story. He would even, he, he would even sign it for me. Um, he's just a very nice, generous yeah. person. And um, so unfortunately, um, he is passed now. Yeah. And that is not an opportunity that will come back around again. But I feel like it's very important. Um, he just passed last year in October. Right. Uh, sad day. Uh, but unfortunately, in his later years, he didn't. He was never able to really find that success again that he had in like the 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s. Um, but he definitely but left a mark. Like he, he did. He left a mark on you. He left a mark on me. He did. California Raisins, one of his absolute all-time things. Um, he had a fantastic bit in uh, Return to Oz, that weird uh, Feruza Balk right. led. Um, he animated the Mountain King. Oh, okay. Or yeah. the Gnome the Gnome King, I guess okay. it was called, um, which is this like really cool animation done out of like the side of a of rock, nice. and it looks badass in claymation looks super fucking metal and uh but he also did amazing uh the the adventures of mark twain is a fantastic oh, i remember that one really oh, yeah. weird stop motion animation um mark twain meets the devil basically with nice. kids yeah uh, on another planet it's fucking like that was out crazy there, but it's really cool his holiday specials are amazing so anyway will venton is awesome and one day Jay, I will tell his story, and I'm not going to yeah. say how because I don't want anybody else to do it. No, but I want to do it. It is a life project of mine, and uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe one day we'll kickstart it, or we'll do something weird. Who knows? But we'll do something. I'll 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 support and make sure that gets done, however I can. But yeah, so I just wanted to, he was one of the ones that I really wanted to harp on because I feel like he doesn't get the appreciation. Right. Um, that he really, really deserves. Well, so, I'm glad we got to. Do I'm it. off I'm my soapbox now. Well, then, if you're down in the if you're down in the dirt with me now, I think it's time. 
that we give people what they came here for, which is their definitive list. Oh, wait. Don't you mean we should list? Yes, we should. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. List. All right. So. All right. We're ready to we're ready to list out uh, right. best stop motion animation. So, so Q, I was struggling with this one because there's a lot of these movies. Yeah, man. So I'm wondering if we should make the decision up top to do what we've done in the past, where sure. we, we're choosing five categories. Yes. So we're doing like a classic. Sure. And then we're doing, I would say, probably a Leica. Yep. A Leica. Yep. Um, I can I boil. Would, I can boil Leica to one. Okay, so we can give like a one. Do we want to give Selic one? Yep. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Because <laughs> I think my Leica and my Selic may be the same. Oh, okay. I've got. You. I don't uh, want to burn that. I've got you. I understand. I understand. Uh, what do we want to do? Like an adult one, quote unquote, an adult sure. one. Yeah, totally on board with that. So that one, we that way we can include all the Andersons and things in there. For um, sure. And we probably should choose an Ardman. Can we? We can. Uh, how many is that? Four? That's four. Can we do a TV special? Yeah. TV special. Yep. Done. Cool. All right. So there's our five. We've got to pick a classic. We've got to pick a Leica. Yep. We've got to pick an adult. We've got yep. to pick an Ardman. And we've got to pick a TV special. Yep. All right. So when we're talking classic. Yes. You know, obviously this includes, I would say, the Will Venton stuff. I would <sighs> I would say probably, and some of the Har- Harryhausen stuff too. For sure. So where would you, where would you lean? Like, I mean, obviously as the Venton fan, I would lean to you to say what I think I might, him the I, best. I might save my, uh, my Venton pitch my, for uh TV special maybe. So should we, should we do something like Jason and the Argonauts then? Something that really solidified it in the cultural zeitgeist? Maybe. Yeah. Because honestly, Will Venton didn't really, um, he didn't really do any major motion pictures to be honest. So it'd um, have to be in TV special. So to speak, I mean, he d- yeah, he did like the Adventures of Mark Twain, but I don't think those were theatrically released. All right. So then we'll do. We want to go with Jason and the Argonauts as our classic. I don't know if J- it's it's hard between Jason and the Argonauts and Clash of the Titans. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's also, true. Um, seventh Voyage is also bad, badass. Not bad, badass. <laughs> no, it's like badass. Well, then. Um, but Let's, maybe Jason and the Argonauts because Jason and the Argonauts kind of wow no I don't I don't know Clash of the Titans really was his it was his final film Let's do that then Clash because I mean that So I would say it's yeah. his like ultimate of of what he was capable of I love it I I say let's do it easy that's our classic Clash of the Clash Titans Clash of the Titans because it was a it was a premiere movie it was one of his last it was a great representation of his work and it was good enough to get remade Yep. And the it. remake is worse. <laughs> and somehow the remake is worse than the 1981 original. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, and then the next one is Leica. Yeah. Oh, so hands down, dude, I'm just going to shout it out. I want fucking Coraline to be the best Leica movie. That's my vote for it, honestly, because I it's between that and Kubo. And I think Coraline's just better. I think uh, Kubo, like I said, it still has that one misfire for me, and I feel yeah. like Coraline has no misfire. It doesn't. It's a. It's. It, I don't want to say a perfect film, but it's close. It's a perfect voice cast. It's got a perfect style for a Neil Gaiman 
adaptation. Yeah. Um, I don't think once again, if we say that uh, Tim Burton and Henry Selick were a good match, I would say Henry Selick and Neil Gaiman are a fantastic yeah, match. Yeah, well. I would love to see some more Neil Gaiman stuff done by. I would uh, love to Selleck. see a graveyard book adaptation. <sighs> By yeah. Henry Selick. Can that I will be, that into the universe? I Please do. Let's just keep willing that into the yes. universe because I want that now. You hear too. us, Henry Selick? Do it. High, high five get the podcast. Done. The only place you get your ideas for your movies. Please get do the Graveyard done. Book next. Please. All right. So Coraline. We're good All on right. that. Um, the, adult, uh, the Adult is next. Okay. Adult. Um. I don't know. My life with or my life as a zucchini is pretty amazing, but you haven't seen it, so I can't really push that one. Yeah, I, I mean, Anomalisa. It was nominated for an Oscar. I think it should have got it. I, I, it's incredibly impactful and amazingly well done on almost every level. I'll say I can one hundred percent agree with that. So let's okay. put Anomalisa. You know, it's going to hurt. We haven't talked about it a lot this episode, and it's going to hurt me to not put Nightmare Before Christmas on this list. I know. But it's so good. It is so good. But you can rest easy knowing that Henry Selleck did both Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. And And Coraline's on here. And Coraline is on there. So at least we got got one. Yeah. Um, And then Ardman. I don't know if we're going to disagree on this one or not, but what's your vote for Ardman? Um, I'm looking up Ardman again just so I can re-kind of – I don't know. I like Curse of the Were Rabbit a lot. I also like Shaun of the Sheep or Shaun the Sheep. Um, I think for me, my vote is Shaun the Sheep. I feel like Shaun the Sheep skews younger than Curse of the Were Rabbit does, though. I know, but I'm just trying to think of movies that are better. And there's something about the Buster Keaton esque ness of Shaun the Sheep that I can be it, fine with and that. And it being a silent film, it's like Wally. Like Wally is so much more impressive because the first thirty minutes are silent. Yeah, I can get behind that. Okay, cool. I, I good. I, I'm glad that that one is going to make it on there. Now, TV special. This is where we're going to have a hard time because I know yeah. we're going to want to put Rankin Bass on there, but I, know, I but, but really, really, really want to put Will Vinton's holiday specials on there as a whole (laughs) i just want all three of them (laughs) i mean i okay well he also did hold on he also did a televised version of the california raisins that was a smash hit like a broadcast television hit it was like a 30 minute faux documentary about the band the california raisins i remember that and actually really loved it how about this? Let's put that on there. Yes. As a representation for yes. Will Fenton. Yes. So the so California Raisins special. Holiday. Hold on. I'm going to look up the actual like title for you. Um, but yes, I would feel so good about okay. that. I am. I'm okay with that. I think it's called meet. Yeah. Meet the Raisins. Meet the Raisins. Yep. Not to be uh, mistaken for Meet the Feebles. Yep. Came out in 1988. Good shit. All right. So now we have our five. We have our one per each category. Now we need to organize these into a one through five. Okay. So we have Clash of the Titans. Yep. Coraline. Anomalisa. Shaun the Sheep. And Meet the Raisins. Um, Uh, I've got to say, we got to put, can we put, 
as much as he is a pioneer of the art form, can we put Clash of the Titans at number five because technically it is not a fully stop-motion animation project? I am fine with that if we can put Coraline as number one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All right, we'll put a pin in that, but Clash of the Titans will be number five. Clash of the Titans can be number five. Let's put number four... Uh, let's put, uh, let's put Sean the Sheep at Sean, number four. That's kind of what I was thinking too, because I definitely don't want Sean the Sheep above Anomalisa. I think um, Anomalisa should be three. I think California Raisins should be two. And I think Coraline should be one. Okay. So what we have is we've got number five, Clash of the Titans. Yep. Number four, Sean the Sheep. Yep. Number three, Anomalisa. Mm-hmm. Number two, Meet the Raisins. Yep. And number one, Coraline. Yep. I'm fine with that because, and I'll walk you through, Clash of the Titans, historic moment, Harry Harryhausen, but not a full animated stop motion picture. Sure. Shaun the Sheep, great classic Buster Keaton, great classic, you know, impressive, impressive dialogue with the no dialogue, but kind of kitty, mainly full of wacky hijinks, number four. Sure. Anomalisa showing the breadth and the depth of what a true stop motion drama can be and to, can do. Sure. Meet the Raisins historical precedent setting stop motion classic and then Coraline possibly the best thing the medium has produced. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I feel really fucking good about that list. I I do too. I, I I really do. And I feel good walking away knowing that Coraline's number one because Emma, as you know, got obsessed with that movie and I probably watched it about 20 or 30 times sure. in the last like five or six months and it holds up every time. I've oh, I know. Literally I've never gotten tired of it. I have not watched it at the excuse of a child um, multiple <laughs> times. I have just watched it multiple times on my own because I really fucking enjoy that movie. Um, it is also a really interesting use of 3D in the world of stop motion animation. Yes. Um, I did see it in 3D in the theater. Ooh, I bet that was awesome. Um, it was very cool. And they have a weird home video version that you can find still um, nice. that comes with a pair of the red and blue 3D glasses. <laughs> Perfect. And you can watch it that way. Um, it's just all around good shit, man. Man, all of these are. And now, thank goodness, everybody has their definitive opinion on it. Absolutely. Because we um, gave so- a list. I would say we absolutely recommend go check out all of the all of the items on this list. And oh yeah, and any that we mentioned in the episode. This is a tough category, guys. You just got to watch them all. And honestly, we you know our episodes aren't nearly long enough to be able to really dive into the backstory of all of these wonderful, wonderful people and artists. So all we can do is please suggest if if this has piqued your interest use that energy and just dive into all the wikipedia and articles and videos that you can find on all of these cuz they're well worth your time or just reach out on social and ask us you can find us high five the podcast on facebook at high five the podcast on twitter uh, we're on instagram letterboxd you can find us so if you have questions about which ones you should watch or which paths you should go down after this just ask us q will answer you in a heartbeat for sure all day long so q let's do this again soon bye bye we have reached the end of another high five the podcast episode 
It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at my5 at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at Hi, the number five, the podcast, Instagram at High Five the Podcast, or on Letterboxd by searching High Five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Terminal clown shin? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut! Print it! What happens in the next reel? Cut! Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut! That's a wrap! That's a wrap, people! Now let's get the hell out of here.